Recently, I was reading a forum, a religious forum, that said this. It said, no Christian is under the law of Moses. It ended when Jesus nailed it to the cross and faded away during the life of the apostles. Now, the statement in and of itself is powerfully deceitful, and I think deliberately so, that that often Christians don't really want to come out and say what they really mean. Because first of all, Moses didn't write his own law. I mean, Moses didn't go around writing laws. That That's part of the deception. Well, of course we're not under the law of Moses. We're not under the law of John. We're not under the law of Peter. We're not under the law of David. We're not under the law of Bartholomew or any other person that I can think of. But when we consider, okay, who gave Moses the law? Well, now that's a whole different ball of wax. I mean, we know that God gave Moses the law, and Moses simply wrote it down. What the deception is, I think a lot of Christians just don't want to, they don't have the audacity to just come out and say, no Christian is under the law of God. Because it's sort of, it's like, okay, why are you a Christian then? I mean, why are you calling yourself a Christian if that's what you believe? You know, you can be a rebel and you don't have to call yourself a Christian, you know. So uh, that's that's part of the deception, I believe, you know, the, that no Christian is under the law of Moses. It makes it easier to swallow, you know. It makes it, it, makes it easier in your teaching mode if you're trying to teach other people. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're not under the law of Moses and... Moses wrote wrote all those nasty laws down, and yuck, man, they were terrible. Ah, yeah, I'm glad we're not under the law of Moses. He goes on to say it ended, the law of God, when Jesus nailed it to the cross. And I just have a feeling that a lot of Christians have this imagery in their mind of Jesus with a, you know, Jesus was a carpenter, and he had maybe had a couple of ten penny nails in his mouth and put this old wooden ladder up against that cross and climbed up there and under each arm he had a uh, the tablets of stone with the word of god written on it the 10 commandments and he just he walked up that ladder got up there on the top and just nailed those commandments or you know took those 10 penny nails and just nailed it to his cross and that was it that was all over with and he goes on to say and it faded away during the life of the apostles now this sort of okay it faded away during it was a it was a process it wasn't immediate it was a slow process, you know, maybe like an old stop sign. It says stop, S-T-O-P. I think maybe an old stop sign on Route 66 so many years ago, you know, and it just the words start to fade, and, and, and then you can't even read what it says. It's never replaced by the state or anything like that. It fades away, out of mind, out of sight, and that's that. That's the end of that. Now, never mind that. Malachi 3 and verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. And I don't I don't know how a lot you know, religious people, I don't know how they worship this God that is always changing things. You know, you, I mean here okay, you give all these laws and then the laws seem to be, you know, honor your mother and your father and and uh, don't kill, don't steal, and be faithful to your wife and and all of a sudden I mean, it's just, he flip-flops. I mean, he totally flips out, and he's just, now he's abolished everything. And it just, I don't know how Christians live with themselves with that kind of mindset or how they worship a God that, that is like that. 
Because this, this, this verse says in Malachi, it says, I change not. Now, what I want to do is go through excuses that Christians use for not keeping the law of God. Now, okay, what law? Well, let's just keep it simple. The Ten Commandments. In other words, what they'll do is they'll say, I don't have to keep the law because of this scripture. They'll take a proof text, a, a scripture out, and they'll say, okay, because of this scripture, I don't have to keep the law of God. So I'm going to go through a lot of these, you know, one at a time, these scriptures that people use, that Christians, small letter C, use excuses they use for not keeping the law of God. Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Okay, excuses Christians used for not keeping the law of God. This first one here, Romans 10 and verse 4. We're going to explain this one. We're going to take one at a time. And it says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Wow, how many times have I heard this quoted? How many times have people sent this back to me and said, well, you know, the Bible says Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. You know, it's like, it's almost orgasmic, these people. I mean, it's like, yippee yay, yay the law's been done away. I mean, it's just, it's pure ecstasy. And this bandwagon they get on, I mean, it's like, oh, my, I've got something here. And the Lord Christ is the end of the law. Now, uh, why would a Christian want to do away with the law? You ever thought about that? I mean, of all people. Now, I can understand why... The prison inmate might want to do away with the law of God. I can understand the rebel. I can understand the law. You know, I can understand a lot of people wanting to do it. But why would a Christian want to do away with the law of God? And, you know, that gets so personal that it begins to hurt. I mean, if you really start to answer that question, you really don't want to go there because that involves self-examination and and you you – very few people are honest enough to answer that question. Okay, let's take a look at Exodus 20, and, and we're going to look at why would you want these laws to end? We're looking at the Ten Commandments, and I'm going to sort of, I'm going to simplify these commandments and just sort of put them in my own language here. Number one, trust God only. Why would you want that law to end? What's wrong with that law? Trust God only. Two, worship God only. What's so bad about that? I mean, why, why, why would you want that abolished? Tr worship God only. Third, use God's name in a way that honors him. Yeah, I mean, wh why would you want that law to end? Fourth commandment, rest on the Sabbath day and think about God. I mean, think about, you know, why? It's like a, it's like a holiday. It's like a vacation day. You know, rest. Take a break. Take a day off. Take the Sabbath off and think about me. Why would you want that to end? Fifth commandment, respect and obey your parents. Sixth commandment, protect and respect human life. 
Seventh commandment, be true to your husband or wife. Now, I got to think about this. You know, if you're sitting in church and you're not true to your husband, to your wife, yeah, I, I can sort of see why you might want Christ to be to, to, to be the end of the law. I mean, let me think about this. I mean, think, okay, you take you got the guy, he's sitting in church, and he's having an affair with another woman. And he really has no intention of repenting of that sin. He's hiding it. He doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to stop it. He wants to continue the affair. He doesn't want to change his behavior and bring his behavior into accordance with the law of God, the seventh commandment, to be faithful to your wife. He doesn't want to do that. Now, can you see how it would be easier to just believe a theology that says, well, the law is ended. There is no seventh commandment. I don't have to worry about it. I mean, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And if you want to see wickedness, look at today's theology about God. And what what am I talking about? The law's been abolished. It's been nailed to the cross. It's been done away with. It's been fulfilled. That's what I'm, if you want to see true wickedness, there it is. Now, okay, be true to your husband or your wife. Why would you want that to end? You know, now if you're sitting in church and you're living with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, then yeah, I might could see why you'd want that law to end. You don't want any law condemning you. You know, you don't want any law saying that's wrong. Let me tell you something about living together. If you have entered into a sexual relationship with a person, you are you have entered into a in the eyes of God, you have entered into a marriage covenant with that person. Whether you admit to it or not, you are married in the eyes of God. Once you entered into once you enter into that sexual relationship where you share that kind of intimacy, You have entered into a marriage covenant. All right, eighth commandment, do not take what belongs to others. Now, if you're sitting in church and you've just stole supplies at the office that you work at, then yeah, I can see, and you're you're not planning on changing your behavior. I can see why you might want Christ to be the end of that law. Ninth commandment, do not lie about others. Of course, if you're sitting in church and you shared some kind of information that was not true, yeah, I can see why you might want Christ to be to be the end of that law. Tenth commandment, be satisfied with what you have. And of course, if you're not satisfied or you're never satisfied and you're not satisfied with your wife and you're not satisfied with, with your job and you're not satisfied with anything, you're not satisfied with your life, then yeah, I can see why you might want Christ to be to be the end of that law. Now, what's strange is this: if if you were, if you're not a religious person, and you haven't been brainwashed by forty years of mainstream churchianity, and you'd walk up to just the average Joe on the street, you know, non-religious person, and you you say, "Do you see anything wrong with these laws?" and you begin to list them: trust God only, worship God only, use God's name in a way that honors Him. Rest on the Sabbath day and think about God. Respect and obey your parents. Protect and respect human life. 
Be true to your husband or your wife. Don't take what belongs to others. Do not lie about others and be satisfied with what you have. You know, if you ask just the average non-religious person, they would say, well, of course these laws are good. Every law-abiding abiding citizen should keep them. This is what makes a society work. I want my neighbor to keep these laws. I don't want my neighbor stealing my stuff. I don't want my neighbor hitting on my wife. Well, these laws are good. However, if you ask a religious person, now I'm not saying always, but a lot, way too much of the time, what you're going to get is, well, Christ is the end of the law. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go into it. Romans 10 verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Now, first of all, there's some rules for Bible study that you need to understand. Rule number one, the Bible never contradicts itself. So if you're at a scripture and you say, well, that verse says the opposite of everything else I've read in scripture or whatever, then you know the problem is not with the Bible. The problem is with your understanding of the scripture. So there's things that, that you want to ask yourself. Number one, does this scripture go against human logic and common sense? Now, don't discredit human logic. Are you a human being? Then all you have is human logic. And it comes from the mind that God has given you. It's called human logic, common sense. And don't discredit common sense either. I know a lot of people don't have any, but still, common sense. In other words, if you're sitting in church and you're thinking, you're listening to the preacher, and you say, you know, what he just said doesn't make a bit of sense. Or what he, what he just said contradicted everything he just said before. You know, I mean, it's like being at a, a funeral or something. You know, you know you're in the church, they, the person is preached up in the heaven. Then you go outside to the graveside and they preach about, they talk about the resurrection. It's like, well, I, I, I thought he just said he, that person was in heaven. And now we're, we're waiting for the resurrection of the dead. Which is it? I mean, can you have it? Can you be talking out of both sides of your mouth at the same time? So, you know, there's nothing wrong. In fact, if you want to understand the Bible, if you want to understand God, rely on your human logic, the mind that God has given you. Rely on common sense. Identify when you hear contradictions coming from the Word of God or a preacher talking about the Word of God, when, when it contradicts, you, you know, realize that with, with human logic, what's going on. So, all right, the second one, does this verse contradict other scriptures? These are rules for Bible study. You start out with, okay, the Bible never contradicts itself. Then you go to number one, does this scripture go against common sense and human logic? Two, does this verse contradict other scriptures? And three, does, this, does the author, yeah, the author, contradict himself? Now, I want to look at something that Peter said about Paul. Okay, Paul's the one that said Christ is the end of the law. Now, this is what Peter said about Paul. And I'm reading from uh, God's Word translation. 
He says this. He talks about this subject. Now, who's he? Paul. Okay, he's talking about Paul. Okay, he talks about this subject. What subject? Well, okay, let's take the law of God. In all his scriptures, because Paul talks a lot about the law of God. All right, some things in his letter are hard to understand. Ignorant people and people who aren't sure of what they believe distort what Paul says to his in his letters the same way they distort the rest of the scriptures. These people will be destroyed. So here Peter is giving us a warning about people who interpret what Paul is saying. And he's saying that ignorant people often have a motive and they misrepresent what Paul is saying. And they twist the scripture to their own destruction. All right. You know, and it's true. I have found that Christians, they want to love Jesus as long as they can love him on their own terms. Now, what do I mean? Well, I don't know how many times I've heard the phrase from Christians. Well, well, Jesus said he only gave two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, yeah, I understand that. And those two commandments is a summation of the Ten Commandments. The first four tell us how to love God. The last six tell us how to love our fellow man. All right? Talking about the Ten Commandments. But here's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. he only gave two commandments. And as long as I get to define how I love my neighbor. Now, if he does something that gets me upset, then I'm going to determine how I love him. We love our Jesus as long as we get to make up the terms on how we will do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't kid yourself. Do not kid yourself. First one, does this scripture go against common sense and logic? All right. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Question, is the way you get to be righteous by abolishing or putting an end to law. Now, you know, that's the crazy logic behind the way many Christians view them. A lot of Christians would say, yeah, that's how you do it. You just abolish the law and you can have righteousness. In other words, the way you achieve righteousness is to do away with the law because Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Now, I'm asking, is there any common sense or logic in that statement? In other words, let me ask it like this. Is the way you get people to drive safe, a safe speed, by destroying all speed limit signs? What do you think? It's sort of like a police officer, and, and, and you know he's looking at an intersection. and got a stop sign there, and he, people keep running that stoplight. And I'm telling you, people are getting killed. Uh, children are getting killed. Women are getting killed. Husbands are getting killed. And it's been so many accidents and so many deaths because people keep running that intersection they, they they don't obey that stop sign and so the officer says he comes up with a brilliant idea he gets a chainsaw out of the trunk and he says i'm going to cut down that stop sign and that will solve this problem i will just end the law that says stop what do you think Put an end to the speed limit, and all people will drive perfectly safe, right? Put an end to the stop sign and traffic lights, and everyone will do the right thing in their own integrity, in their own, in their own righteousness. Everyone will do the right thing. So the way you get everybody to stop 
at an intersection is abolish all stop signs and stop lights. Put an end to those ridiculous laws. They should have never been there in the first place. I know you said you don't change, but Jesus changed everything. He put an end. He abolished the law. Yeah, and this is what I mean by just using logic and common sense. You know, I have found that lawless people end up in prison. Visit a prison and see how much righteousness you get there. Visit a drug-infested inner city of prostitution and see how much righteousness you find. Ending law has never created righteousness. If you believe a lawless society produces righteousness, visit a prison. Visit Africa. You know, they don't have a lot of laws and see how long you last living there. A lawless society is a sinful society. So, the first rule of Bible study is you want to ask, okay, does this scripture that, that, that I'm not understanding, does this scripture go against common sense and logic? For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Second point, does this scripture contradict other scriptures? Does it contradict many other scriptures found in the Bible? That's what you want to ask yourself. All right, Psalms 119 and verse 172 says, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all your commandments are righteousness. Uh-oh, wait a minute. You mean the Bible is telling me all commandments, all your commandments are righteousness? So the way you achieve righteousness is by putting an end to the commandments. Again, the logic. Behind this, there is none with this thinking. Because the Bible says, look, for all your commandments are righteousness. They reveal morality. They reveal the character of God and the kind of character he expects humans to have. The Ten Commandments, yes. So putting an end to them does not create righteousness. Third, does the author contradict himself now the author here is paul in other words when paul says okay christ is the end of the law for righteousness okay let's look at romans 3 and verse 31 what he says a few scriptures before that a few chapters before that do we make then void the law through faith god forbid yea we establish the law so how many times have I heard, okay, faith, it's all about faith and faith and faith and faith and faith and more faith and, and faith. Uh, okay, all right, this faith do, that we have, do we make void the law through faith? No, we establish the law. How do we establish? How can you establish the law if you end it, if you abolish it? How do we establish the law? Well, in our hearts, in our minds, and by our obedience to that law. That's how you establish the law in a man or a woman. All right, does the author contradict himself? Romans 7 and verse 12. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandments holy, and just, and good. All right, this is the same man that said, Christ is the end of the law. You can't have 
the Apostle Paul talking out of both sides of his mouth. You can't have, you know, you got this one scripture that says that Christ is the end of the law, and then you got this other scripture that says, no, the law is holy and the commandments holy and just and good, and, and do we make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. You cannot have the Bible or the Apostle Paul speaking out of both sides of his mouth. You know, I mean, the point is this. The Bible never contradicts itself. So when you come up against these contradictions, the problem is not with the Bible. The problem is with our understanding of the Bible. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever assume what well, must be the, what the Scripture. The Bible just contradicts itself. That's all I know. No, it never contradicts itself. Let's look at it. Romans 10 and verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Now, let me give you some advice. If you call yourself a Christian, buy you a strong concordance. Or, you know, today they have Bible programs that do this, ESORD. What a concordance is, is, you know, the, the, the language King James is written in English the original language, the Old Testament, is written in Hebrew, and the New Testament is written in Greek. So in order to stand the meaning of words, you need a strong con- concordance. Now, when I was 24, God called me, and the first thing I did is I went to the, I think it was a Baptist bookstore, and I, I said, I want a strong concordance because I was serious about understanding the Word of God. And the lady gave it to me, a big old thick book. And this was before computer programs and before eSword or anything like that, where you can do it at a touch of a button and find the meaning of the word very quickly. And she handed me this book, and I opened it up, and I thought, what are all these numbers in there? And, and she said, would you like me to show you how to use it? And I thought that was funny. I said, well, yes, I, I want you to show me how to use this. And she showed me how to match up the words and the numbers and all that and to find the definition of each uh, Greek or Hebrew word. Now, this word, Christ is the end, the word end does not mean what we think it means in the English terminology. We think of end, abolish, you know, or destroy, or whatever. That's not what the word means. The Greek word is telos, and it means, it's 5056. It means the point or the aim at. The point or the aim. So once we understand that, and we read it, okay, for Christ is the point of the law. Christ is the aim of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Suddenly, everything makes sense. Now we have no contradictions with Paul. Now we read, Paul, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law in our hearts and our minds and by our obedience. Uh, wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandments holy, and just, and good. Now we don't have a contradiction. For Christ is the point, or aim of the law for righteousness. You see, your contradictions have been c- totally corrected. And now you have understanding. Now let me give you another example of this word, end. In James 5 and verse 11, the same word, same uh, same Greek word is used here, End which means aim or point. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is pitiful and tender mercy. 
and of tender mercy. Excuse me. Now, okay, you have seen the end of the Lord. Now, we don't have Christians running around saying the Lord has ended. We don't have preachers thumping their Bible and saying the Lord is ended. No, no, you don't. The word means point or aim. So you have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the aim of the Lord, that the Lord is pitiful and tender of tender mercy. In understanding this verse, Romans 10 and verse 4, we have to get the full context of what Paul is dealing with. For that, we start in Romans 10 and verse 3. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So Paul is dealing with people who thought they could be justified or made right by works of the law. In other words, it went something like this. Okay, God, I am obedient to your law. I am, I am, I am doing everything right. I really don't need forgiveness. And this is how I am made right with you by works of the law. And, you know, basically what Paul is saying, that's never going to work for Christ. Now, a better way to understand this verse is this. For Christ is the end of works of law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Let me repeat that. If you really want to understand what, what Paul is saying, for Christ is the end of works of law for righteousness to everyone who believes. In other words, if you're trying to make yourself right with God by works of the law, it's a dead-end street. Now, the way you're made right is by God's unconditional grace. You don't earn that forgiveness. God gives it to us freely. And that's what Paul is addressing. You see, people who thought they could be made right by works of the law. That's what Paul is addressing. And Paul says that's a dead-end street to go down that road. Now listen closely. There is a big difference between keeping the law in order to make yourself right in the eyes of God and keeping the law because it's the right thing to do. Let me repeat that. There's a huge difference between keeping the law of God in order to in other words, your agenda, your motive is I'm going to keep this law and, and, and I'm going to be right in God's and I'm going to be justified and I, you know, I'm, I'm keeping the law and I don't even need forgiveness because I hadn't done anything wrong. Okay. There's a big difference between keeping the law of God in order to make yourself right in the eyes of God and keeping the law because it's the right thing to do. Now, what do I mean keeping it because it's the right thing to do? Let me give you an example. If you're a man... Hopefully, you are faithful to your wife. Are you faithful to your wife because you're trying to earn salvation? Are you faithful to your wife? You are keeping the seventh commandment if you're faithful to your wife. But are you faithful to her because you're trying to earn brownie points with God? You're trying to get right with God. No, you're just faithful to your wife because it's the right thing to do. You don't want to wreck your marriage. You don't want a divorce. You don't want your children to have no respect for you. You don't want to have a dysfunctional family system. You, you, you're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. You're not doing it to earn brownie points with God. 
This is what I mean by there's a big difference between keeping the law of God in order to make yourself right in the eyes of God and keeping the law because it's the right thing to do. Our motive for keeping the law is not to make ourselves right in the eyes of God. It's just the right thing to do. It's what makes our lives work. I mean, you would agree being faithful to your wife makes your life work. Being unfaithful to your wife can equal divorce, and then that can equal child support. You know, we take out child support for a guy that works with us, and I am amazed. He's got one child, and I'm amazed at the money that comes out of his check. If you had three children, probably 60% of your income, of your weekly salary, your weekly paycheck is going to go for child support, and that lasts until 18 so, okay, you want to make your life work. And I haven't even mentioned STDs, have I? I haven't mentioned that yet. Okay, keeping the law is to make your life work. You're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. Now, I have zero tolerance for people who call themselves Christians and believe they don't have to keep the Ten Commandments. I mean, if you were to ask, okay, should a Christian, should a people, should a society, should a Christian nation or one who calls himself Christian keep the Ten Commandments? Who in their right mind would utter the words no? You know, Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, which is a summation of the Ten Commandments. As I mentioned earlier, the first four tell us how to love God. The last six tell us how to love our fellow man. John 14 verse 15 jesus said if you love me keep my commandments first john 2 and verse 4 says he that says i know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him you know if you believe the ten commandments are abolished and you as a christian don't need to keep them do us all a favor don't call yourself a christian you're a disgrace to the name Christian. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.